Since the dawn of time, we've shared stories. They remind us of who we were, who we are, and who we wish to be. Through story, our ancestors speak to us, passing on wisdom and truth from the past. And stories prepare us for the future, if only we listen. Welcome to episode one of Listen. My name is Daniel Foytek, and I love a good story. Since this is the first episode, I'm going to talk a little more than I normally will, just so you know what this podcast is all about. Listen is about one of my favorite activities, and if you're here, hopefully one of yours too, listening to great stories. Now, about two years ago, I embarked on a journey as a writer to try to understand story and storytelling better. I wanted to look at story in all its forms, from the stories we tell each other every day to the books we read, the plays we go to, songs we listen to, and all the other story forms we've created. Along the way, as I kept looking and listening and learning, I found one of the purest and most amazing forms of storytelling, the original, live, traditional, oral storytelling. It's an amazing form of storytelling, honed and perfected since the dawn of time, really. But sadly, it's not exactly what some would call mainstream anymore. I'm slightly ashamed to say that I didn't realize there was this whole rich culture of storytelling and dedicated, talented tellers who keep it alive. Live storytelling. It's a magical thing that you can't explain or understand until you hear it and experience it for yourself. No doubt, many of you who are listening know and love live telling, and I'm glad you found your way here. Because I'm among friends, because I know I can do this with story lovers, I'm going to ask for your help in achieving the goals of Listen. First, to create a new home for traditional tales, for stories that mustn't be lost. I hope this digital archive will be a place you can send your friends and family, your children, your students, to get a taste of live storytelling. Second, to feed the hunger for stories that speak to the soul. There's nothing like being in an audience when a master teller tell us a story. But for those of you who haven't attended live tellings, I hope hearing these stories will ignite a deep love of story and encourage you to seek it out in your local community. Third, to help tellers I feature in the show grow their audience and have their voices heard by those who might not otherwise hear them. That means a lot of new tellers and emerging tellers will be featured. There will be nationally and internationally known tellers featured here as well. They will share these episodes with their fans, and I hope those fans will come back 
to discover new voices and new stories. There are amazingly talented tellers all over the world. It's my hope that Listen will provide them with the ability to take a virtual tour of the globe. So you, story listeners, can hear their unique tales. Listen is your show. It will grow when you share it with your family and friends. If you know a great teller who should be featured, let me know and let them know. Story belongs to all of us. So share it with all you can. Support the tellers you hear by picking up one of their CDs and by attending live tellings whenever you can. Today's featured teller is Lynn Ford. Lynn is an incredibly talented teller, and I know she'll hold you spellbound with this sampling of her stories recorded live at the 2015 Three Rivers Storytelling Festival. I thought I'd start off with one of Pop Pop's stories. His name was really Bayard Wilmer Arkward. I called him Pop Pops and some of my uh, other kinfolk, and I don't know which cousins they were or how they were related. They called him Uncle Fuzzy. I wanted to call him Pop Pops Fuzzy. But he said, I'm not fuzzy. I'm fine. So this is one of my pop-pop stories, and I added the sound of a small rattle that can be known as a shakeray. Now, shakeray just means shaker or rattle. In the hundreds of languages of Africa, each size of the gourd rattle would have a different name. Pop-pops never used this. It made it my story when I added it. But I thought I'd share something with you, somebody that you know. Jack, there's Afrolatchin Jack, too. Be all right, be all right. Everything is gonna be all right. I said, be all right, be all right. Everything is gonna be all right. Thank you for singing that with me a little bit. I think it's too early for my voice this morning. Well, that was what Jack's mama would sing whenever she was working in the garden or milking the cows, pulling up weeds, washing something. And Jack had learned that song from his mama, and he sang it just as much as she did. And the farm began to thrive because Jack worked so hard. Now, he had two brothers, Will and Tom, and they worked as much as they needed to. And then they would take the wagon, go on into town, spend time with their friends and their girlfriends, and have a little nip and maybe another little nip and another little nip, and the wagon would be going kind of crooked back home. Life is like that sometimes today for some folks, isn't it? But Jack stayed home to help his mama. Now, his mama got to a certain age when she decided that maybe she started she should start thinking about the future for those boys. And so she gave each one of them a cow, each one of them one of her finest cows. And she told them if they took good care of that cow, she would make sure that in the right season they received a fine young bull to match up with that cow. And she'd also give them a piece of land that they could work to make money just for themselves. 
but they had to show that they could take care of that cow first. Now, Will and Tom, they did as much as they needed to do to take care of a cow. They did whatever chores they needed to do, and then they would go on into town. But Jack, he didn't have friends. He didn't have a girlfriend. And he spent his time on that farm. And when he wasn't taking care of the cow or working on his chores, he was walking that cow up over the low hills and down into the low valleys. And that cow got to eat the sweetest grass, the best clover. And that cow thrived and grew. Jack's cow was the best. Well, Will and Tom didn't particularly like that. When they realized how well Jack was doing with that cow, they got a little bit upset. And one evening they drove that wagon home a little crookedly. And they went into the barn and looked at that fine, fat cow that was Jack's. And while Jack slept in his room and Mama slept in her room, those two young men broke off huge branches, went into that barn, and killed that fine cow. Now Jack didn't know about it till the next morning, and he walked into the barn, and there was his cow lying on the ground with two big old logs sitting on top of it. Oh, my cow! What happened to my cow? And Will and Tom said, well, you know, big wind blew through here last night. Did you hear it? And Jack said, no, I didn't hear anything. Mama didn't wake up either. We were out trying to take care of things. That wind blew, and I bet it blew those two big pieces of wood in here that hit your cow and knocked that cow clean over dead. Wind blew through and knocked out my cow. How come my cow's the only one dead in this barn? How come there's no other pieces of wood sitting around this barn? There's no other pieces of wood sitting on the fields. Trees don't look like anything's broken and the crops are standing straight and tall. What kind of wind was that? And Will and Tom said, well, it was kind of a a weather situation. You know anything about weather? Jack said, no. A weather situation. Well, Jack looked at his cow He wasn't going to get a fine young bull in season, and he wasn't going to get that piece of land, but he remembered what his mama said. Be all right, be all right. Everything is going to be all right. And he thought, well, I can skin my cow and I can take the hide to the tanners and maybe make some money from the hide and I can make sure the meat is ready and give it to my mama. We can always use more meat and she'll take good care of that. So that's what he did. He skinned that cow, gave the meat to his mama. She felt so sorry for him, but there wasn't much of anything she could do. And he rolled up that hide as best he could. His cow had grown so fine and fat that hide was kind of heavy and he managed to get it on his shoulder and he was walking down the road trying to carry that thing you know what I may not know much but I know that weather situation was probably my brother's Will and Tom and you know what else I did something a little stupid I ain't got nothing to eat I didn't bring nothing to drink Oh, and this thing is so heavy. Oh, why didn't I just get the wagon? Jack sat down on the side of the road, and about that time somebody came walking down the road, an older man with a crow sitting on his shoulder. 
And the man looked at Jack, and the man looked at that hide, and the man said, boy, what you going to do with that? Jack said, I'm trying to take it to the, the tanners so I can make some money. That man said, well, how about if I trade you something for it? Then you don't have to worry about carrying it. I can see how tired you're getting. Jack said, trade me something for it? Might be a good idea. I didn't use my head too much when I left home. What will you trade me? And the man said, well, I'll trade you this crow. A crow for a cowhide? I may not be too bright, but why would I want that crow? The man said, oh, this is a special crow, a most unusual crow. This is a talking crow. A talking crow? Well, I've heard about those things. Make it talk. And the man whispered something to that bird. Well, he's also a very intelligent crow. If he has nothing to say. He doesn't speak. Jack thought, wow, an intelligent crow that can talk. Heard about those things. I'll trade you this hide for that talking crow. And the man said, well, be very gentle with him. If you squeeze his toe just a little bit, he might talk for you. And the man scooped up that hide and started making his way down the road to where he had a wagon. And so he could take that thing to the tanners much more easily than Jack He'd finally gotten rid of that stupid crow that he'd planned on killing and eating. He'd been taking a walk because he was upset with that crow. And now he had a hide to make some money. And Jack, Jack thought, I've I've got a talking crow. Squeeze his toe and he's going to talk to me. Good morning, crow. Crow said, ah. Good morning, crow. How you doing? Crow said, ah. Crow, can you really talk? Crow said, ah. Crow, what day is it? Crow said, ah. Jack kept squeezing that crow's toe and asking questions, and the only thing that crow said was, ah. And Jack thought, well, crow is talking. Problem is, crow doesn't speak the same language I do. Be all right, be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Jack kept on walking down the road, and his throat was getting dry, and his stomach was starting to rumble and grumble, and he had left home without anything to eat, anything to drink, and there was a house there, and maybe... Somebody there would give him something to eat and let him rest a little bit. He walked up to that house and knocked on the door, and a woman opened the door, and she said, Boy, what you want here? Ma'am, I'm thirsty, and I'm, I'm hungry, and I need to take a little rest. Do you mind if I come in for a spell? And she said, My old man's not here, and he's mighty jealous, and he'd be upset if a young man was sitting in the house with me, and I'm all alone here. But you do look hungry and thirsty, and some strange reason you got a crow riding on your shoulder 
you come on in, child, and maybe you can tell me a story about that crow, and I'll give you a little bite to eat and a little something to drink. But you got to carry it up into the loft and stay there just in case my old man comes home. I don't want him to see me alone with another man. And Jack said, yes, ma'am. And when he got in there and sat down, all she gave him was a crust of dry bread, a little pitcher of water. He fed the crow first, gave crow a little water first. Got ready to tell the story of the crow when there was a knock on the door. And the old woman said, oh, oh, get up in the loft. Quick, go up in the loft. I'll shut the scuttle hole and you stay there until I introduce the fact that there's a young man here to my husband. He won't get too upset. So Jack climbed up the ladder up into the loft. And he sat there quietly with that bird. And the bird was starting to nuzzle against his cheek and go to sleep. Old woman shut that scuttle hole opened up that door and Jack started thinking why would her old man have to knock on his own door he heard a man's voice coming in he heard the chair pulled out and the man sat at the table and he peeked through a little hole in the wood there a little knot hole and there was a man sitting there in a dark suit dark collar with a little bit of white showing on it Oh, it's the preacher. Woman brought out freshly baked loaf of bread. Preacher said, thank you, Lord. Woman brought out a whole ham smoked and smelling good. Preacher said, thank you, Lord. Woman gave that preacher a kiss on his forehead. Preacher said, thank you, Lord. And Jack knew by the way he spoke, he might be the preacher. He might be her man, but he probably was not her husband. So Jack sat up there and hoped that that bird on his shoulder wouldn't make a noise. And then he heard somebody singing, coming down the sidewalk, big, deep bass voice. He heard the woman say, oh, my husband's here. You have to hide. You have to hide. He heard the preacher's feet scuttling. Hide behind the bedroom door. Hide behind the bedroom door. He heard the old man hiding behind the bedroom door. It made a kind of a tap as it hit the wall. He heard her running around. She took that loaf of bread and she dropped it into her laundry basket, threw some clothes over it. She took that ham, hid it under the bed, came back and was standing by the fireplace smiling. Her husband walked in the house and he said, I smell something good. You've been baking. You brought a smoked ham in. She said, oh, oh no, honey. What you're smelling is a situation. See, there was a young man, he, he needed something to eat, and he was so thirsty, and I felt so badly for him. I invited him into the house, and I gave him some bread. That's what you're smelling, and that other smell that you think is ham, well, he walked in with a crow on his shoulders, and I bet you're just smelling that crow. I had him go up into the loft because... I didn't think you'd like it if I was sitting here all by myself with a young man. So I didn't want you to be upset. I wanted to introduce you to this situation before I introduce you to the young man. And her husband said, well, that's kind of foolish. I don't mind you helping a young man. And he hollered, boy, come on down. And Jack hollered back, yes, sir. And he came through that scuttle hole and down that ladder and walked over to that man. The man said, boy. You got a crow on your shoulder. Jack said, yes, sir. 
why you got a crow on your shoulder. He's my talking crow, my talking crow. He sees a lot of things. And Jack looked at that old woman. And he talks about what he sees. And Jack looked at that old woman. And that old woman stopped smiling demurely and started looking a little pitiful. That old man said, talking crow? Well, get him to talk for me. Well, problem is, seems like I'm the only one can understand him. But I'll get him to talk for you. And Jack squeezed that crow's toe. Crow said, oh. And Jack listened. He said, the crow said that there's a loaf of bread in the laundry basket. And that old woman started to shake a bit. Her old man went over to the laundry basket and moved the clothes. There's a loaf of bread in the laundry basket. That's amazing. I wonder how that happened. And he set it on the table and he said, you want me to cut your slice, boy? And Jack said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can tell Crow wants to say something else. And he pinched that crow's toe and listened. The crow says that there's a smoked ham under the bed. And that old woman looked like she was going to cry. And her old man walked into the bedroom and looked, there's a whole smoked ham under the bed. This is amazing. That crow is so intelligent. Old man put that ham on the table. Crow going to say anything else? If that crow can tell you something else, I'm going to give you half this loaf of bread and half this smoked ham. In fact, if that crow can tell me something else that's really interesting, I'll pay you for it. Jack said, well, I think he could. (laughs) He looked at that old woman, and he could hear another sound coming from behind the bedroom door. Somebody was whispering prayers. Oh, Lord, save me from my sins. Jack said, I I know I can get him to talk for you. The old woman said, I'll pay you $500 if you keep that crow's mouth shut. This is terrible. Critters aren't supposed to talk like that. Why, this is practically demonic. I'll give you $500 if you keep that evil crow from speaking anymore. Old man said, I'll give you $1,000 if you get him to talk. (laughs) Oh, Lord, save me from my sins. Jack grinned, pinched that crow's toe. The crow says that if you fold your hands together, sir, and bow your head and close your eyes, the preacher will appear at your front door to bless that ham and that bread. And the old woman sighed. And behind the door, Jack heard, Well, that man folded his hands, bowed his head, closed his eyes, kept them closed long enough for the preacher to tiptoe from behind the bedroom door to the front door. 
And that's when Jack pinched that crow's toe. Oh! And that man at the table opened his eyes, and there was the preacher at the door. This is amazing. I'm going to give you the $1,000 plus the $500 my wife was trying to offer you. So Jack left that place with half a loaf of bread, half a smoked ham, $1,500, and a talking crow. (laughs) But he let that crow fly away. Anything that wonderful needs to be free. And he went on home with all that money. And he gave the $500 to his mama. And he said, Mama, if you don't mind, I'd like to keep the rest. I want to buy my own cow. And whatever's left from that, I want to buy some books. Get myself a bit of an education. He looked at his brothers. I want to learn about weather situations. And his brothers asked him, where did you get that money? And he told them, well, I took the hide down the road, heading toward the tanners, and from that hide came money. He didn't tell them the rest of the story. You know what they did? Will and Tom went out and killed their cows. They skinned those cows. They took the hides to the tanners. And they told the tanners to turn the hides into money. And they got run out of the tannery for being crazy. But in the meantime, Jack was at home with his mama, and they were both singing, Be all right, be all right, everything is gonna be all right. my last story for you and this is one of my favorites it's short and you may remember it and some folks are telling it and last night I told my story of Aunt Cat's turkeys you'll remember it around Thanksgiving feel free to tell that one too Um, this is another old woman's story I am now proudly an old woman I've got 10 grandbabies one foster grandbaby and three great-grandsons and in my family that makes me grandma Big Mama, Abuela, um, Grandma Ford, and Muzzy. And I answered all of them. My husband, however, Bruce, he's Pop Pops. And we're not sure how that happened, but he's very happy about being Pop Pops for everybody. This is a story about an old woman who was sitting in her rocking chair that she'd set out on the small dock next to the creek. She was rocking back and forth as she did a little stitch work, perhaps patching up a quilt. She had an old leather thimble on her finger, a thimble that had been passed down in her family for generations. As she did that stitching, her rheumatism started acting up, and she set down her work, and she tried to stretch herself, and when she spread her fingers out, that leather thimble fell from her finger and landed down there in the water. The old woman stood up and said, oh, Lord, and the good Lord appeared. He said, woman, what you want? She said, I, I, I dropped my thimble down into the, the river, and I ain't finished with it yet. Well, the good Lord reached down into those waters with one great hand and drew up a thimble made of silver studded with diamonds. He handed it to her. He said, old woman, this your thimble? And the old woman said, no. Good Lord reached down into the waters again with that great hand and drew up a thimble made of gold studded with pearls and rubies. Woman, this your thimble? And the old woman said, no. 
Good Lord reached down a third time and drew up an old leather thimble. And he said, woman, this your thimble. And the old woman said, yes. And the good Lord was so impressed with her honesty that he let her keep all three thimbles. Well, time passed and that old woman got even older. And she was walking next to that little river, that creek, with her old man. Arm in arm with that old man. When his feet slipped in the mud and he slipped down into the waters and disappeared. Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) The old woman said, oh, Lord. And the good Lord appeared. He said, woman, what you want this time? She said, well, my old man just fell in the water and I ain't finished with him yet. Well, the good Lord reached down into that water with one great hand and pulled up Denzel Washington. (laughs) He said, woman, this your husband? And the woman said, yes. Good Lord said, woman, why you lie? You know this is not your husband. She said, oh, I didn't lie, Lord. It was self-preservation. I just said what I needed to say. I told you what needed to be told. You see, I remember what happened that last time with with the thimble. And if I'd have said, no, that's not my husband, you might have reached down into the water and pulled up Jim May. And if I said, no, that's not my husband, you might have reached down in the water and pulled up Alton Chung. And, And then you'd have pulled up my husband, and I'm too old to be taking care of three men at the same time (laughs) Lord I didn't lie to you it was just self preservation I told you what needed to be told and the good Lord was so impressed with her intelligence he let her keep Denzel Washington Thanks for tuning in for episode number one of Listen. What did you think? Let me know at feedback at ninthstory.com. Today's episode featured stories by Lynn Ford. If you'd like more information on Lynn and her work, if you'd like to pick up a CD, if you'd like to say hi, you can reach out to her at her website at storytellerlynnford.com. You can also email her directly at friedtales2 at gmail.com. Please share your love of story. Share the show. Help us grow. The best support you can give us is to tell a friend who might enjoy the stories. Follow us on Twitter at Listen to Story. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash story listeners. And soon you'll be able to find us in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and other places. Listen is dedicated to bringing you traditional stories told by some of the best tellers in the world of storytelling. All works read in this audio recording and associated music and artwork are copyright of their respective creators and may not be used in any form without their permission. Stories in this episode of Listen were performed by Lynn Ford. The Listen theme is a selection from Better Start Walking and was written and performed by Robin Brown. You can find more out about Robin and his work at robinbrown.info. Closing music is also from Better Start Walking. Listen is a Ninth Story Studios production, ninthstory.com. Creator and producer, Daniel Foytek. That's me. 
Full show notes with links and artwork can be found at www.storylisteners.com forward slash one. This has been Daniel Foytek. Until next time, listen, tell, and share stories.